The lips like the jaws of a trap, eyes of steel, dilated, intent, and the light in them and the glitter were the light and glitter of steel, the face of a man, and she had known only his boy face, this face she did not know at all. And yet, while it frightened her, she was vaguely stirred with pride in him. His masculinity, the masculinity of the fighting male, made its inevitable appeal to her, a female, molded by all her heredity to seek out the strong man for mate, and to lean against the wall of his strength. She did not understand this force of his being that rose mightier than her love and laid its compulsion upon him, and yet in her woman's heart she was aware of the sweet pang which told her that for her sake, for love's own sake, he had surrendered to her, abandoned all that portion of his life, and with this one last fight would never fight again. Mrs. Silverstein doesn't like prize fighting, she said. She's down on it, and she knows something too. He smiled indulgently, concealing a hurt, not altogether new, at her persistent in appreciation of this side of his nature and life in which he took the greatest pride. It was to him power and achievement, earned by his own effort and hard work, and in the moment when he had offered himself and all that he was to Genevieve, it was this, and this alone, that he was proudly conscious of laying at her feet. It was the merit of work performed, a guerdon of manhood finer and greater than any other man could offer and it had been to him his justification and right to possess her, and she had not understood it then, as she did not understand it now, and he might well have wondered what else she found in him to make him worthy. Mrs. Silverstein is a dud, and a softy, and a knocker, he said good-humoredly. What she know about such things anyway? I tell you, it is good and healthy too. This last is an afterthought. Look at me. I tell you, I have to live clean to be in condition like this. I live cleaner than she does, or her old man, or anybody you know. Baths, rub-downs, exercise, regular hours, good food, and no making a pig of myself. No drinking, no smoking, nothing that'll hurt me. Why, I live cleaner than you, Genevieve. Honest, I do, he hastened to add at the sight of her shocked face. I don't mean water and soap, but look here. His hand closed reverently but firmly on her arm. Soft, you're soft all over, not like mine. Here, feel this. He pressed the ends of her fingers into his hard arm muscles until she winced from the hurt. Hard all over, just like that, he went on. Now, that's what I call clean. Every bit of flesh and blood and muscle is clean right down to the bones, and they're clean too. No soap and water only on the skin, but clean all the way in. I tell you, it feels clean. I know it's clean itself. When I wake up in the morning and go to work, every drop of blood and bit of meat is shouting right out that it is clean. Oh, I tell you. He paused with swift awkwardness, again confounded by his unwanted flow of speech. Never in his life had he been stirred to such utterance, and never in his life had there been cause to be so stirred, for it was the game that had been questioned, its verity and worth, the game itself the biggest thing in the world, or what had been the biggest thing in the world until that chance afternoon and that chance purchase in Silverstein's candy store when Genevieve loomed suddenly colossal in his life, overshadowing all other things. He was beginning to see, though vaguely, the sharp conflict between woman and career, between a man's work in the world and woman's need of the man, but he was not capable of generalization. He saw only the antagonism between the concrete flesh-and-blood Genevieve and the great abstract living game. Each resented the other, 
Each claimed him. He was torn with the strife, and yet drifted helpless on the currents of their contention. His words had drawn Genevieve's gaze to his face, and she had pleasured in the clear skin, the clear eyes, the cheek soft and smooth as a girl's. She saw the force of his argument and disliked it accordingly. She revolted instinctively against this game which drew him away from her, robbed her of part of him. It was a rival she did not understand. Nor could she understand its seduction. Had it been a woman rival, another girl, knowledge and light and sight would have been hers. As it was, she grappled in the dark with an intangible adversary about which she knew nothing. What truth she felt in his speech made the game but the more formidable. A sudden conception of her weakness came to her. She felt pity for herself and sorrow. She wanted him, all of him. Her woman's need would not be satisfied with less, and he eluded her.